Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. with us this morning, whether you're at church online or right here at Kentucky Trail. We just wanted to invite you to get on your feet, put your hands together, and sing along. Thank you. 
into this powerful blood today. And man, we get to sing our praises to God today. He is worthy. The God who stood in our place on the cross is standing beside you today. What an honor it is to praise him. Let's sing. Him, you are worthy. 
Father, we just thank you for who you are today, God. Father, what an honor and privilege it is just to be at your feet, just in the throne room of God this morning, Father. I can just feel your presence in this place. God, we thank you for your glory and that you reveal it to us. And God, today, the holy ground be not a place, but a position in your hearts, just to position a posture of your heart towards him this morning. Really sink this in, breathe it in, and let's lift this up to him today. Jesus, you change. 
down. Come on, man. That was unbelievable. Come on. Yes, just stay in that moment. Jesus changed everything. Amen. Yes. Listen. Jesus didn't come so that you could have the newest kicks out and nice brand new shoes or a new hoodie or some nice clothes. Jesus didn't come for that. Watch this verse. This is one of my favorite verses, and I know I say that every time I read a different verse, but this one, I mean it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, watch this part, watch this part. The new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. You are brand new, amen? He has completely revitalized you and recreated you into something totally different and new, full of God's grace and hope and all. I'm sorry, I'm fired up. I can't help it. Look at your neighbor. You know the 19 is still here. It is still here. So we're still not hugging and handshaking and high-fiving. But just look at your neighbor and be like, look at you looking like a new creation. Go ahead. It's okay. You can say it. I give you permission to be a little silly. Go ahead. Take a seat. Take a seat. Take a load off of your feet. What? What? Good morning. Yes. Guys, if you are new here today, you have already blessed us tremendously. We do all of this with you in mind, with you as our purpose to get the gospel and the truth of Jesus to you. And if you are new, I want you to text RLNEW to 97000. If you're online, hey, listen, let's give a shout out to the people online. Give them a hello and a welcome. Yes. Look at you looking like a new creation. Look at you clicking on the link in the comments below. Let us know that you're new here. We love you. Welcome. If you're in the building and you're new, we're trying to set a Guinness World Record of giving stuff away. But we can't do that if you don't go to the new here booth and let us give you something. We'd love to give you a free gift. Just say hi. How are you? Get to know you a little bit. No big deal. And let you know that, guys, we're on a mission. We're here to see people far from God discover real life and purpose in Jesus. Amen? Hey, quick shout out. How many of you have found real life and purpose in Jesus here at Real Life Church? Yes, amen. That's exactly right. Yes. One of the best ways that you can do this, and this is what I love about this church and Sean and Diane and how they lead here. We do our next steps. After the service, you go to next steps. But every once in a while, we do them into what we call a crash course. So all of them, all four steps into one session, it's a couple hours, and Sean and Diana looked at this and they were like, hey, you know what, this is good, but we can make this even better. And they found a way to do that. And last time they had a bunch of people come out, and we'd love to have you today, two o'clock, at the Petrie's house. It's only a couple of hours, and I'm telling you, if you've ever been to the Petrie house, there's something so warm and welcoming about just sitting in there. They've got some snacks and maybe some coffee or whatever, but it's just a great place to be. So you're going to come discover a little bit about your life and who you are and discover some other people who came that you could make, maybe make some friends. I don't know. Maybe. It would be a good time. Are you going to go? Sean's going to go. Are you going to go or are you going to invite somebody tell somebody to go? Yes. It's not the early service anymore, Sean. It is the later service that has slept in and has not waken up. Maybe you could pay attention to this last part. Guys, none of us plan for our life to be messy and kind of a wreck, right? We don't do that. But it happens sometimes. And then we find ourselves in the midst of a mess. We look back and we're like, how did we get here? What if we had the tools so that we wouldn't even get on the path to begin with or that we can recognize? And that's what we're going through in this series. It's really, really good. I'm so glad that you're here for that. Let me show you this really great, amazing, wonderful video to get us kicked off. You know, 
Sometimes you ask God big questions like, God, where are you in my life? And sometimes God doesn't give you an answer. And you might be tempted to give up on God altogether. Well, let me tell you, friends, that's just one of the five easy steps to wreck your life. Come on, get up for the organ. <laughs> Dude, this brings me back to circa 1990 church. Come on, somebody. Plexiglass pulpits, flags, flowers, quartets. All right, it's just me. Cool. Love it. Bigger microphones, you know what I'm talking about. So, hey, uh, we're going to have fun today. Thanks for being in the house. And uh, I believe God's going to do some special stuff inside you guys' lives. We're going to start with a question for you guys. We're going to be Matthew 13, if you've got your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, go to Version. Come on, put your phone near if you've got your phone right now. Put it up. All right, I know you guys are going to be on Version. Go to Version Bible app. If you don't know what it is, go to the App Store, download it. You can search for our church. Follow along the notes. Take notes. You can share notes. Use it. Uh, I want to encourage you guys to get on there. Uh, but I have a question for you guys. I want you to think about but don't answer. Just yet. I'll give you time to answer here in a minute, though. Has there been a time in your life, if you're a follower of Jesus, where you're more passionate about God than you are today? Has there been a time in your life that you're more passionate about God than you are today? You know, for some of us, maybe we, we've drifted away from God, right? Maybe that time uh, we used to love inviting people to church. Maybe we used to love getting in front of the Word of God. Remember those days you get the Word from the Word? Like you wouldn't leave the foot of the cross until God blessed your life. You used to get in front, maybe you used to pray, right? You'd be a person to prayer. You'd be that kind of person, you saw something in your life, man, I'm gonna change that. Like, God's just gonna use me. There's anointing, you're full of faith. You'd invite people out on the Sundays. You used to maybe show up early and serve. Come on, somebody. Where's my host team? I love you guys. Showing up early. Maybe you stayed late. Like, when you got into the gathering, you know, you'd sit in the spit section. You know what I'm talking about, right? You just had to get close. Like, you guys experienced this and you want something from God. And then maybe something happened. Like maybe life happened, 2020, come on, somebody. Between all the different pressures and stuff, maybe we just drifted a little bit from God. I don't know if you're like that today. I believe a lot of people have been in that situation. I know I've been there. But who at a moment of honesty would just raise their hand and say, you know what, there is a time in life I was closer to Jesus than I am today. Put this hands up, come on, put them up high. Put them up, don't be ashamed, come on, put them up. Only one person has ever drifted. <laughs> they say leaders are the best liars. Maybe it's church people, I don't know. But I'm telling you, we've drifted. We've drifted. So many of us have. I'm not saying you have, but so many of us have. And it's easy to do. And so today I'm going to jump into this. And I'll tell you a story. It reminds me of a, of a new a newlywed couple uh, driving the F-150, you know, like a 1990 version. We're going to go back to the 90s. This is a throwback Sunday. Come on, somebody. So I got this life preserver on. Um, the throwback. That's how we're going to roll. And then the F-150, you know, the vinyl bench seat with the five-speed. You know what I'm talking about? You sit in there, and every time you take a corner, your, your skin would, you know, peel off this. You know what I'm talking about? And so anyway, this cut. Somebody has an F-150. That's good, man. Come on, baby. And uh, this couple's all snuggled up. They sit right next to each other in the five-speed and put her arm around each other and all that stuff. And then 20 years later, after marriage, she's sitting on the far window. It's still that same beater truck. You know what I'm talking about. And she's on her phone. She's got the Air AirPods in. And she's scrolling Pinterest and leans over and said, whatever happened to us? Like, remember reminiscing? We used to be all close to each other. We couldn't keep our hands off of each other. We'd sit right in the middle over here next to you. And he looks over with a coy little look and a smile and says, well, sweetheart, I'm not the one who moved. And that's just how it is, isn't it, for some of us? Like, we feel like maybe we are the ones that have kind of left. And in our situation, God did not move. Like, God wants us to be close to him. For some of us, maybe we drifted away in relationships. I don't know about marriage. You get a little farther along the road. You, you get that king-size bed, then it moves up to the California king, and then somehow it's like separate rooms. Come on, somebody, right? Like just different TV shows you want to watch, and all of a sudden we just drift apart over time. But I can tell you something. God never moves, amen? 
God never moves. God is right there. He's the constant in our lives. He wants us to be close to him today. And for those of us who maybe drifted, maybe we're more passionate about God in the past. Maybe we used to get into the Bible. I don't know about you. You maybe used to carry a Bible. Uh, maybe used to bring one to church. Maybe you used to read it with your kids. Maybe you used to pray with your spouse. And then now we're like, man, where'd that go? Maybe it just got busy. Maybe it just got too busy. In this season, I believe that Satan wants us to stay busy. I believe Satan is always trying to take us away from the things of God and get us to drift. Matter of fact, that was his formula. That's his M.O. You go back to Genesis chapter 3. Here's Adam and Eve in the garden, and Satan shows up. And the first thing he says is, did God really say? I mean, is God really real? Does God really love you? I mean, does God care about your life? Does God have a purpose for your life? Does God want to use your life? Is he really real? I mean, really? And all of a sudden, we can just start down a little bit and start drifting from God. And the reason I'm passionate about this is because I've drifted myself. There's been times in my life where I've drifted from God. There's been people I've served with on church staffs, literally officed with for years who have drifted from God to the point they don't even follow God or go to church and you would never know they're a Christian. You see it all the time. And as a pastor, you see people come in and they start to grow and maybe they walk away. And there's a verse in the Bible that's so important for us today. It's found in 2 Corinthians. It's verse, whoop, I'm on the wrong page here. 2 Corinthians verse 11. 2 Corinthians 11.3, it says, I am afraid just as Eve was a sea by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Man, isn't it easy to drift? Come on, somebody. a dead fish can drift downstream, right? Dead fish is going to float. He's put out there, just drifts away. Like everything moves from order to chaos. If you're not willing to fight for your faith, Satan will, amen? If you're not willing to fight for your family, it's going to drift. If you're not going to fight for the things of God, it's going to drift. And today, I hope some of you guys realize where you're at. And maybe, God's, maybe you feel like God's calling you back into a relationship with him. Maybe you guys are on fire for Jesus. I love you guys are on fire for Jesus. I mean, those of you guys who see faith in everything. But for a lot of us, man, this season's been tough, hasn't it? I mean, it's so unpredictable, so many changes. And today, I want to encourage you, man, not to drift from Jesus. And so Jesus gives us a parable in the Bible, and it's so powerful for us today. And this parable is about a sower. And this person would go out and they'd have a satchel or a bag full of seed and they'd scoop down there by hand and they'd throw it, just hoping that they would plant and grow and produce a harvest that they could have and eat with their families and their community. And so Jesus is going to just break this down simply for the people he's telling it to. And he said there's four soils. When you throw this seed, some of that soil is going to hit the path. It's going to hit the place that people have walked on. It's going to hit the place where the animals walk on. And it's going to be hard as a rock, like you've ever overseeded your yard and it hits the sidewalk. And it's just going to hit there and the bird's going to come and snatch it up. It's never going to grow. The second type of soil is the rocky soil. It's the kind of soil that's just full of rocks and it doesn't have a lot of nutrients, not a lot of dirt. And so the roots start to grow and it starts to sprout and the sun comes and beats on it and it dies. So the third type of soil is the soil of thorns. It's the soil that when it gets planted, this thing begins to develop and grow, but the thorns are around, the thorns of life choke it out, it produces no fruit. And then he gives us this last piece of soil. And this is the soil I believe God has called us to be, and it's the good soil. It's the kind of soil when you take the seed of God and you plant it in the soil that it produces a harvest. Not just of one or two times more, but of 30, 60, and even 100 times more. There's a divine harvest that God wants to have in your life. And so today, I want to dive in and kind of look over these four soils. And I want to ask the question to you, which soil are you today? Since Jesus' followers would have said at that time, well, why are you telling us this parable? And he said, you would have fit into one of these categories. You're going to be in the hard soil of the path. You're going to be in the rocky soil, the thorny soil, or maybe you're the good soil. So as I read through these and describe them, maybe God will reveal to you, or you can think about yourself, what soil are you in today? The first group is in Matthew 13, 19. This is the path. It says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one, Satan, comes and snatches away what is sown in their hearts. And this is the seed sown along the path. 
know, to be quite honest with you, there's going to be some of us today that hear the word of God and it's going to be fall on the hard heart and it's not going to grow and develop. Some of you guys are going to hear the message and you're going to go, oh, that was good, preacher, but I didn't get anything out of it. Some of you guys are like, man, his pants were too, they weren't skinny enough for me, right? Or maybe they're too skinny, come on. Or maybe you came in, you're like, man, it's roast preacher. You go home, you're like, I, I didn't get anything from the Bible, but I'll tell you about that church. You've been there before, right? I've been there. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Or maybe you came in the service and you're just like, that's cool, man. And uh, I stared at that light over there. I saw the words weren't correct on screen or something, right? And that's what you got out of Sunday. Because the word of God hits you, but your heart wasn't ready. The word of God was there, but it wasn't planted. And tragically, and this is so truthful, but tragic, so many of us can go to church and leave unchanged. Like we can show up and hear what God has for us, but our heart isn't ready to receive the word and we can leave without being transformed by the power of God. That's the path. And maybe you're in the path. Second one is the rocky ground. This found in verse 20. It says, the one who received the seed that fell in the rocky place is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. This is a person that hears Jesus say something. They're like, amen. Come on. So good. This is a person you're like, in your, oh, man, this is preacher. You got this, man. You're doing it. And then, but since there's no root, he has lasted only a short time. When trouble and persecution comes because of the word, it quickly falls away. You know, some of you guys are going to be that way today. Some of you guys are going to be in the front row, and you're going to say, that's good. This guy right here, Randy, come on. Shout me down, right? Come on. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 This guy's get they get deeper, deeper voices when they start doing this kind of thing. Amen. Oh, wait, wait. Amen. Preach it, pastor. Man, that's good. So good. Maybe you're going to have all this feelings. You might say this stuff, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, i got to scoot closer to Jesus. I'm going to slide on over. And some of you guys are going to go to a life group today. Some of you guys are going to go to crash course, right, Randy? Okay, I'm fine. This. But you're going to go to crash course, right? Some of you guys are going to jump in and take that next step. Some of you guys are going to read your Bible maybe the first time in a long time this week. You're going to pick it up, and all of a sudden something's going to happen. Happen. Something go your way. Maybe you find out about a job, or maybe there's some report that comes out, or some kind of uh, thing that was said about you. I know I was growing up, people used to tell me, I mean, you're taking this Jesus thing way too seriously. You ever heard heads may say that to your life? If you haven't, you should. Because <laughs> you should be so much about Jesus that people say it. But they're going to say it. Like, I can't believe, I mean, you don't do that because you go to church? Like, that, what are you going to church for? Like all the time, growing up in my high school career, I just started falling in love with Jesus. And my life was looking different. And I was losing friends and doing different things. And people just kept asking me that question. And there were so many times where I'd go, yeah, maybe I'm doing too much for God. You just kind of drift away a little bit. Because words matter to you. And this is the rocky soil. The third type of soil is the thorny soil. And I believe this is where most people land in this largest group. Verse 22, it says, The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of life and deceitfulness of wealth choke it out, making it unfruitful. This is the largest percent of people. The people say, come on, we're going to do that. I'm committed. And all of a sudden, you get busy. All of a sudden, the things of life just pull you away from the things of God. You know, maybe you're a full-time student, and you got all this homework. Maybe you just started college, and things are changing, and now all of a sudden, you got homework, and you got work, and it's not time for God. Or you're a newlywed, and you're trying to figure things out. Come on, somebody. Does the toothpaste you squeeze from the bottom or the top? You know, which way do you go, right? Like, I squeeze from the top. That's how I roll. I like, make my wife mad. You know what I'm saying? She's always come behind me, around the edge of the sink. Put that back, right? Does the toilet paper go over or under? Come on, where's my over people? Come on, somebody. We don't care about your under people. You're weird. It's weird, you know what I'm saying? All right, let's see. Where's my under people? Where are they at? Now I made fun of you. Yeah, there you go. Unashamed. <laughs> Woo! 
Yeah. Amen. <laughs> nice work, Todd. I love that. Man, just we have, we're trying to figure it out, right? And then you start kissing too much, and all of a sudden, this little thing called a baby pops out. You're like, what? And all of a sudden, you get a stroller, and you got, I need more space. So you get a house, and there's a mortgage payment, and then you got all these bills, and your credit cards are stacking up, and you got a minivan. You know what I'm saying? Now, all of a sudden, you're upgrading to a California king-size bed with two dogs in it and 2.5 kids. You know what I'm talking about, right? It just gets crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And all of a sudden, you got 72,000 things to do a week because your kids get a little older. And all of a sudden, you got to be everywhere at all times, no matter when. It's just, it's just trying to organize chaos. You're just praying for the day that they can take their driver permit and start driving. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, you're just too busy for God. Like, you didn't mean to do it. Like, it just happens, right? That's just the way life goes. You get busier and busier and busier and more complicated. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, where am I with God? And that's the, that's the, that's the thorny soil where things of the world have just pressed into our lives, driving us away from God. Fourth group of people, and this is my prayer for you today. This is found in verse 23. It says, but the one who receives the seed that fell on what? What is this? Good soil. Now, I'm hoping that's you today, that the word of God hits your heart. It's not hard for being walked on. It's not full of stones of bitterness and regret. It's not being choked out. There's a soil that's been tilled up. It's ready. Some of you guys came to the church today expecting God to do something. Some of you guys showed up ready to hear something from God. Some of you are here today going, God, I need you today. Some of you guys raised your hands and surrendered to Jesus because you can't do it without him. Some of you guys, you know you're in a spiritual battle and you show up today ready to fight, amen? That's the kind of church I want, amen? Come on, help me out here. Amen. Brian, I think this is the first guy. I don't know where he's at. <laughs> oh man, spiritual caffeine's about to kick in, right? Oh, we are bringing back coffee this year. Come on, somebody. It's coming. It's coming. And until then, we have the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we're going to get fired up a little bit. But I'm telling you, some of us, we got to get back into the rhythm of what God has called us to do, just expecting God to move. Some of you guys got to open your Bible and just not leave it until God gives you something, until God blesses your life, until you have an answer to that prayer. You're not going to let go of what God wants to do. It's so easy, though, just to get in the rhythm and show up and say, come on, God. All right, nothing. I'm going to go this way. And God wants your full, undivided attention. You know, I think about Peter when he's sinking in the water, and he's out there walking by faith, and all of a sudden he starts looking at himself. Because he was walking, we're looking at Jesus. And all of a sudden he's like, I don't know if the waves are big. Whoa, and he starts sinking. And Jesus reached out and grabs his hand. And before he picks him out of the water, I love what Jesus did. He asked him a question. Why are you sinking? He asked him a question. Isn't that crazy? Like if we were to save somebody, we'd have ripped him out of the water. But Jesus, he leaves him neck deep in the water. Like why did Jesus leave him neck deep in the water? It's crazy. It's because maybe for the first time in Peter's life, Jesus had his undivided attention. Maybe the first time in his life that Jesus can say something, he's finally going to listen to it. And maybe Jeopardy is next. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> Was it Wheel of Fortune? Oh, man. I'm not that old yet. <laughs> Although I did catch myself watching the Wheel of Fortune now they put on Netflix. And I thought, man, that's a lot of Botox. <laughs> Just, just saying. Oh, man. I'm terrible at all those games. That's why I don't play them. So. Um, I'm telling you, some of you guys are going to come in with some passion to church, just ready to get something out of it. You know, some of you guys are in the space in your life where it doesn't feel like it's going very well because maybe God is trying to get your undivided attention. Like maybe God is just trying to get to till the soul of your heart. Like maybe it's not supposed to go your way right now. Like maybe your answer isn't an answer that happens outside. It happens inside. Like maybe there's something that's supposed to happen inside of your heart in this season. I believe God is calling us back to him. So for those of, those of us who maybe drifted. Matter of fact, you look at this good soul, and I believe that's you in, the, in, in this time. 
that you are going to have a divine harvest because God plants the seed of his word into tilled good soil. Something crazy happens. Check out the rest of the verse. He said, but one, one who received the seed that fell in the good soil is the man who hears the word, understands it, and produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times. Isn't that incredible? I mean, if you could, if you could invest your money and get that kind of return, that would be amazing, right? I mean, that day, if you got eight to ten times the yield or the return or the fold on that, that would be incredible. If you got a third time, that would be almost a miracle. 60 would be way outside the realm of thinking. 100 would be absolutely nothing but a God thing. I believe for some of you today, as God tills the soul in your heart, when God plants a seed in your life in this season, that you will reap 100 times of what God has put into it. There'll be one seed that will multiply out, and God will change your life. Maybe the answer you're looking for today isn't the answer on the outside, but an answer on the inside. And for you, that's my, that's my story. And I believe for you today, that's going to be your story. You know, as a youth pastor, I used to uh, take a group of teenagers in my youth group down to my lake house, and uh, we call it like a lake retreat. And what, by the way, we are doing this this summer with our youth group. Come on, somebody. So if you like going to the lake, have fun. There's two people. That's cool. Todd, you're welcome to come. Don't you mess my toilet paper. Um, that's right. That's how we roll. But I'm telling you, it's fun going down there. And uh, when I, we used to take the kids. My grandpa owned this place. Me and my dad bought it since. And uh, we had this really jankety pontoon boat. And it fit perfectly. That's a cool word. But it fit perfectly uh, into the 47-and-a-half-mile marker of Lake of the Ozarks. Come on, somebody. I mean, it's just got that redneck feel. And we bought this boat for almost dirt cheap. And we, I'll tell you how jankety it was. We took the gas cap off. And to check the gas, you take a stick. Come on. Marked with little hashes. Quarter tank, half tank, you know what I'm saying? You look at it, if you didn't go check it, you just ran out of gas. And so it wasn't any surprise that it always broke down. And so this time, Diane was driving some tubers, and, which is really cool, by the way, behind a pontoon boat. I mean, nothing's cooler than being a tube behind a pontoon. Diane's a crazy driver behind a you know, pontoon driver. Man. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um, you're like, I'm not going to this lake retreat. That's boring. All right. But she's out there, and she's, they're, they're putting around. Boom. Thing, you know, it, it dies. We're like, oh, it's another day. That's how it was the pontoon boat. And they're like 50 yards off the dock. And so like, oh, we'll see what happens. And the wind is pretty high, and they're in the current right in the middle. And it, like five minutes later, they're like, quarter mile down the lake, you know, just drifted on down the lake, and it was so cool watching it, because, like, we had some boats, but we're, like, not too interested in helping them, you know, apparently, and uh, they got kids out there with ropes, like, ski ropes out front, they're, like, they're like Egyptian slaves, you know, they're just swimming, I'm like, you love the lake retreat, don't you, come on, guys, you know, they, they found out a really awesome way to get the boat back that I never thought of, they jump off the back, and they'd swim around and climb the ladder and keep jumping off the back, it really was working pretty well, about an hour and a half later, after enjoying this, they made it back to the dock, so it was really cool, so come out to the lake retreat, um, Okay, we sold the boat. Come on, somebody. We sold the boat. The only day that the gas gauge worked was the day I sold it. Come on. Put a new one in and sold. That's how it always is, isn't it? It's like, that's how you know to sell a house, which right one's perfect. you got to go sell it, you know? And so anyway, we sold the boat. There's a wakeboard boat there now. Come on. Jet ski. There's other stuff. You want to be a part of this. There's no more pontoon boat. Uh, but anyway, man, it's so easy to drift, isn't it? You never think about how fast you move. You never think about how fast you drift from where you want to be until you notice where you're at. All of a sudden, some of you guys are going to look out today and say, I didn't no idea. I've drifted so far from the power of presence of God in your life. You've drifted so far from the power and presence of God. You know, think about people in my life, the people I looked up to that I never thought would have just gone like this. you just like, are they, where are they at? Oh, they're coming every now and then. Oh, where they, I haven't seen in a long time. Didn't they used to get, weren't they leading? Didn't they be a part of this? I thought they were a person of prayer. Didn't they care about people? Oh, yeah, that's that person, yeah. Over the course of what, a year, two years, three years, six months? It's just so easy, isn't it? It's so easy. The whole world's pushing you to drift. And you've got to fight the current, amen? You've got to fight the current of what God has put in front of you. And some of you guys got an uphill battle. Some of you guys have maybe drifted farther than you thought. And it's so easy to do. Look what it says in Psalm 63.1. This is David. I slipped too far. Hebrews 2.1. Hebrews 2.1. I skipped a verse. 
It said, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so we do not, come on, say out, we do not what? Do not drift away. It's so easy to drift away. Like, if you're not paying attention, you can easily walk right out of things of God. You can easily walk right out of things that he has for your life. All these relationships, all these life groups, all these people set up, all these conversations, all the time in prayer, all these encouragements you're supposed to give are like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to go back to do those things. And so today I want to give you five easy ways to drift from God, not that you wouldn't know these. These are really simple ways to drift from God. Uh, so I want to encourage you today, if you are ready to leave the presence of God, come on, somebody. If you want to give up on God, if you don't want the blessings in your life, you want the average life, and you want the average life, come on, somebody. I want the below average life, right? If you are so tired of being blessed by God, I'm going to give you five easy steps. You guys ready? No. They don't want to hear this. You're like, I don't want to hear this. You're gonna... I'm trying to be sarcastic, but it almost becomes real, right? I'm going to give you five easy steps. Check it out. Take some notes. Look at your notes. Number one, neglect your time with God. The Bible says in Psalm 63.1, this is David talking. He says, oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. Here's David crying out to God. And for us, I want to tell you, don't do that at all. Like, I know you have this urge to follow God, but that ain't real. Like, trust your own instincts. Do it your way. You don't need God in your life. Like, don't worship God at all, right? If you show up to church, whatever you do, don't worship. Just be like, I call, I call it the back row Baptist. Come on, somebody, right? A chosen frozen. Put your hands in your pocket. I want you to stare down right now. Just stare down. Don't, look at, don't make eye contact with the preacher. Don't look at the people on stage. If you're really good, you can pick out, like, a light and just stare at it, right? Like, don't, don't look at anything. If you see anything, make sure it's, like, that, that slide was not justified, right? right? Like, the, the words weren't square. The, something was misspelled. That dude, uh, you hear that? He, he misquoted the Bible. Oh, you know, like, just, just everything about it, right? The music was too loud. Focus on anything but the Word of God, right? Like, if you show up to church, make sure you do it late. Come on, somebody. Just take out 15 minutes, you ought to hear the songs. And if you're really good, kind of, some of you guys are good, you can hang out in the hub and talk the whole time. You don't have to hear the preacher. Come on. You like hearing me? Cool, I like that. No, he meant, I like that. That's great. Or if you're like on the team, you like can serve and not come in. There's just a lot of ways you can cheat the system. But whatever you do, don't give to God, right? Don't serve God. Don't let him use your gifts. Don't pray. I mean, don't worship, but don't seek him. The second thing is this. It just, everything around you, if it doesn't make sense, you don't like it, just blame God. Like if somebody around you makes fun of you as a Christian, just stop going to church. Man, it's God's fault. That's why I don't like these Christians. If somebody, doesn't, somebody disappoints you, man, just like blame God on that. If, uh, if your car breaks down, come on, God, weren't you supposed to change the oil? Come on. Like, why is this thing breaking down? It's always God's fault. Everything's God's fault, no matter what it is. If it's not going your way, it's absolutely God's fault. Man, if somebody hurts you, just stop coming. Man, blame whatever people do on God. I, I mean, that's a pet peeve. I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to go there, right? This is church people. I can't stand Christians. This is why I hate church. This is, I heard that. Though. That's why I hate church. You hate church because people are hypocrites. I'm like, well, welcome to church, you know. Like the words uh, love and forgiveness and mercy and grace, they don't mean anything. We're perfection. We're performance Christians, right? We're supposed to put on performance and be perfect. That's what we're called to do, right? Okay, now I'm preaching. I'll go back. Three, hang around the bad influences. First Corinthians 15. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come on, who wants good character? I want to be corrupted. Anybody want to be corrupted? Oh, come on. Just me? Be corrupted as much as possible. I tell you, do hang out with the worst friends possible. People look nothing like Jesus, like the like as far away from possible. Not to be like the win in the Christ, which I think is really cool, by the way, because Jesus would hang out in the bars and the, with prostitutes and stuff. But uh, you just hang out with them because it's fun. Like you want to be just like them. That's what you got to do. And uh, whatever you do, man, put people in your life that aren't Christians that speak into your life. Like you don't want people praying for you. Come on, they'll go to church and that person. Say, I'm going to pray for you. Like keep your prayers to yourself. I don't need your prayers. I got this. I don't need you in my life. Live the unaccountable life. Like live a life unchallenged. 
Like, don't let somebody speak into you and say, you know what, I believe, I believe this, if this would change this one thing, it would change your life. Don't listen to that stuff. You don't need a mom and dad. You don't need authority. You don't need people in your life at all. Do it your way. Okay, man, I got so many people in my life that I've seen do that. It's a recipe for disaster, I'm just telling you. And find, the, find people around you that are worse than you. Come on, this is fun. That way, you feel better about yourself, right? <laughs> like, just look at their life. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good compared to the standard, right? Uh, or date or marry somebody that's a total unbeliever, like somebody that's really, really far from God. If you're a Christian, find somebody that doesn't look like a Christian at all, right? If, if you're, like, a strong Christian, find somebody who's, like, a really, like, weak Christian, like, that no plan of following Jesus but may. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they attend a church, like, once a year, Christmas, Easter, right? Just find people you have to drag along. Like, you ladies, find that perfect guy. I don't know if he's a stud. I don't know if it's a muscles. What, it's a man bun. I don't know what you're into. Okay? By the way, it's not a man thing if you have to call it that, but it's cool. If you have a man bun, I, I love you still, but it's cool. I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I, whatever, I'm moving on, all right? But just, just drag the guy to church, right? Just, just find somebody that dragged to church. Like somebody that doesn't lead you spiritually, but, you know, they love Jesus, but they don't really lead. Like they're not really following God's call in their life. Just put up with that, right? Just find that and fall in love with the person, you know, on the outside. Like, you guys, you're going to find that smoking hot girl. Come on, somebody, right? She's like a 10, you know what I'm saying? And she's like a one spiritually. You know, you know a 10 on, a, on the scale means 10 crazy too, right? Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a crazy scale, you know? <laughs> Don't be pointing fingers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's stories. I've heard your stories. Like, whoo, she's hot. Like, she didn't do anything for Jesus, man. She'd take you nowhere. She'd take you nowhere good. You got like, last week's message. You got to learn more about that. But I'm just telling you. Man, find people that are unequally yoked. That bring you nowhere spiritually. Hang out with them, marry them, do your thing. Four, give into temptation. Do this over and over and over again. Never resist temptation. You know why? Because sin is fun. Come on, raise your hand if you believe sin is fun. Put your hand there. Sin is fun. If you do not have your hand in the air, you're not sinning correctly. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you're not doing it right. Like, you're not doing it right. Like, you know it's fun, right? Like, girls and the parties and all the whatever else, you know, just being mad. And, you know, it's fun. You're just doing it wrong, okay? Just do it better. James 1, <laughs> do it worse, whatever it is. James 1, but each of you are tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire he is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to what? Dude, that's what we want, death. Come on, baby. I want spiritual death. I don't have any joy in my life. Come on. Man, I want to be the most miserable person on earth. Like, I don't want any patience. I want the presence of God. I don't want the peace of God. I mean, who needs the blessings of God? Like, I want to be miserable as possible. I, my, when I picture the ideal person, I want to be like, I want to be Eeyore. It's okay. I love, love life. All right, you know those people, right? Dude, when you're tempted, don't fight. Don't fight at all. Don't bring your sins to God. Keep them a secret. Hide your sins. Rationalize your sin. Whatever you do, don't tell anybody that you need help. Fifth thing, and I'll get out of this soapbox here, but love this world more than you love God. Love this world more than you love God. First John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I mean, you won't look nothing like God, just look just like the world. Just sell out to materialism, right? Find that new, shiny thing you have to have, and you don't have to worry about affording it. That's okay. Just go in as much debt as possible. Be shackled to consumer debt. Max out those credit cards. Buy the house, you know, it's way too big, but man, it's sexy, right? Like, I got to have that piece of property. Like, I got to be there. Just spend all your money and energy trying to compare yourself to somebody else. Matter of fact, follow people on social media that make you feel jealous. Come on. Just pick those people out that have the nice things or the, the things you know you, you know, outside your league, but like, oh, man, I'm so jealous I couldn't afford that amazing vacation twice last month. 
like they did in that new car, like twice this year, like they did. Like couldn't live up to that standard. Like just follow those people and just be envious the whole time. Just do this thing. Obsess about things in life. Obsess about sports, fitness, a hobby. It could be extreme ironing. Come on, somebody. It could be competitive dog grooming. Whatever it is, be obsessive so you have no time for God in your life. Just whatever it is, just go fully after it. And if all else fails, I'll leave it with this. I'll leave it with this one. If all else fails, just fake it until you make it. Come on, somebody. Come on, say it with me. Fake it. Until you make it. I mean, it's just so easy to do, isn't it? Just, like, put the face on, do your thing, just show up, do your time. I mean, hang out at church, (laughs) whatever it is, right? Just fake it. Matter of fact, this is a verse in the Bible that talks just about this, and it's found in Isaiah 29. It says, the Lord says, these people came near to me with their mouth, honor me with their lips, but their hearts, their hearts, we're talking a lot about heart today, their hearts are far from me. You know what that's saying? As long as you're alive on the outside, but you're dead on the inside, God sees it. Like we can put the show on. Like we, we can go to church and we can raise our hands. Ah, oh, Jesus, I love you. And then all week long, we don't think about Jesus. It's easy to do, isn't it? I call it Christian knees. You know what I'm talking about. How you doing, brother? Oh, so good. Man, I've been justified, baby. Sanctified in the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, right? We say this stuff. We carry a Bible, we may go to school, we put on the, the face, we do the thing, we go to the church, we maybe serve on the team, we maybe show up in the front row, maybe be on the stage. You may hold a microphone, come on somebody. Preach to myself, right? It's easy to do. Just fake it until you make it. Man, be close enough to Jesus to see him, but not close enough for him to work in your heart. Is that speaking to somebody? It's so easy to do, isn't it? It's so easy to add Jesus to your week. So easy to say, I've got to read the Bible. I've got to pray. I've got to preach. I've got to fill this time. I've got to make it through the thing. So easy just to do the motions. You know, I, I'm pretty passionate about this. I mean, it was supposed to be kind of funny, but it kind of turned serious and it kind of was funny. I'm pretty passionate about this because there's one person in my life in particular that is the greatest at drifting from God. You know who it is? It's myself. Like, I'm really good at drifting from God. Like, it's so easy to do. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you a story about what this looked like in my life. I was a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor for about a decade. And uh, early on in my youth ministry career, I was just going after it. Now, I was preaching, leading, all this stuff. But I was doing it on my own strength, my own ability. I was doing my own power. And I was just doing the work of God. It was just all this strength. And I went to this camp, and this guy named Zane Black, he spoke at a camp, one of the most prolific speakers, amazing youth speaker. Dude had done more drugs than everybody I met in my life. But this guy was phenomenal. Like, God turned his life around. Amazing. He, pro- he preached on this topic, Jesus plus nothing. Jesus, it's Jesus and your work, Jesus and your family, Jesus, 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 it's not like you just have compartments, you just do church on Sunday. And for the first time in my life, I began to realize that I'm just doing church. Like I'm a professional Christian, come on somebody. Like I was the one leading. And so we got back from camp and we'd take these signs, we'd create on poster board, and they'd write, all the students would write like what God, where they were before camp, they'd flip it and where they were after camp. And so I knew exactly what I was gonna write on my sign. So I recreated it for you today. So this is me, doing the work of God. If this was your shoes, it'd be showing up to church, doing church. I was doing the work of God. If somebody said, hey, Sean, can you pray for me? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you. I wouldn't pray for anybody. I forgot about it the moment they said it. Nowadays, I learned to stop and pray because I'm just still forgetting, you know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna pray. If they say, hey, Sean, what's God showing you? Oh, show so much. Oh man, I can't even tell you about it. So much, yeah. Don't ask a specific question, but so much he's showing me. It's so easy to fake it until you make it, isn't it? 
just to do the work of God? I'll tell you what's draining, isn't it? This is like a performance-based Christianity. Now I got some good news for you today. That your God can show up in your life and transform you from the inside out. This is what I learned. Doing the work of God, flip the sign. There's a big difference from doing the work of God and being the work of God. Some of us got in a funk. Like somebody told you one time that you had to do enough for God to love you, or somebody told you you had to be somebody, enough people had to like you or follow you or whatever else. And Jesus just wants your presence. Jesus wants your undivided attention. Jesus wants you to slide on over next to him and just do work in your life. You know, Jesus will do more in your life than through your life. That Jesus is more interested in changing your heart than you changing somebody else's. You know what this looks like in ministry? This is like the heartbeat of our culture today. You know what this means? This means I don't come here to preach a message and tell you guys to live your life. Like I'm not doing the work of God. I'm not trying to make you be somebody. I don't, I don't have to read my Bible just because I'm writing a message, amen? Because I'm the work of God. Like I'm just gonna show up and say, God, do something in my life. And all of a sudden I stop leading from scarcity. I stop leading from, well, I hope I can make it through this week. I hope I can make it to church on time. Hope I can do enough. And I start leading from excess, the overflow of your life. There's so much that God is doing inside my heart. I wish we could be, have more time together. Like I love to be praying for more people. The heart of God is being built inside of me. Can I encourage you today that this is the kind of heart you want? We just show up and say, God, just use me. Like I wanna be your work today. Oftentimes we drift because we have this performance-based Christianity. We drift because we don't think we're good enough. We drift because somebody told us we weren't good enough or we didn't have a spotlight in ministry. We know you're the, you know you're being the work of God, you can serve anywhere. Like you can wipe up whatever somebody spilled earlier, come on, the first cat, I don't know what it was. It was something sticky, this microphone is now stuck to my hand, you know what I'm saying? But you can do that, because you just work of God. Like I'm not perfect. And all of a sudden you stop preaching and you start inviting people to follow you. You don't change anybody. And so for me, my ministry, I just started saying, let's just show them. Let's just show them. Like, we're not gonna talk about prayer. We're just gonna pray. Like, we're not talking about reaching people. We're just gonna reach people. We're not gonna talk about doing things of God. We're gonna show you how to do things of God. And all I'm gonna do is invite you along. Come on with me. And that's one of the best things about life groups. It's one of the best things about the culture of this church. This is people in front of you that say, come on with me. I just wanna show you how to do this marriage thing. Like, I'm not gonna tell you how to do it in a booklet. Just watch me. Watch what God did in my life. Like, I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm not doing anything for God. God already did something in me. I'm going to be somebody because of what God did. That's why I'm passionate about this. Because so often we get this wrong. You know, some of you guys, and you recognize this in your life, and this is what applied to me. I was a full-time pastor and a part-time follower of Jesus. Full-time pastor, part-time follower of Jesus. Some of you guys are full-time parents and part-time follower of Jesus. Some of you guys are full-time business owners and part-time follower Jesus. Some of you guys are full-time coaches and part-time follower Jesus. Some of you are full-time students and part-time follower of Jesus. And today, maybe you recognize you've drifted, like you've moved a little bit farther away from God. And that's a good thing. That means the Holy Spirit's talking to you. That means you can be encouraged that God wants to work in your life. Some of you guys recognize that. And I believe if you're in that spot, you're in the number four type of soil. 
your good soul today. If you recognize that maybe I've slid a little too far over, and I'm, man, why am I, I need to get back with God. That means your heart is right. Your heart is tilled up. You're ready for something from God. But for some of you today, you're like, yeah, Pastor, that's cool for you, but not for me. Like, oh, I like the road I'm on. Yeah, I'm not close to God. I used to be, but whatever. You're stubborn. I don't know what it is, but maybe there's something in your heart. Maybe somebody walked on you and pressed down into your heart and made it hard. Like maybe there's a church experience or another Christian or somebody didn't show up in your life that they thought they should be. And inside your heart is hard. And so when you hear this kind of stuff, you're like, not for me, not for me. Some of you guys are holding on some stones in your heart. Some of you guys have some bitterness in your heart. Somebody did something to you or said something about you and there was something thrown at you and that stone penetrated your heart and you're collecting those things. And you're as bitter as you get out. You know, I'm not changing. Like that, I'm not, that, when that person does that, I'll do different. Maybe it's your spouse or somebody in your life. And your heart is hard because you have a lot of other people to penetrate instead of God soften it. For some of us, we're just too busy. Just too busy for God. You don't have to like set all these magical hours away to follow Jesus. You can just add Jesus to what you do already. You can walk out of church today and maybe the first time, maybe ever, you can just say, hey, what did God show you? That might be the coolest conversation you've had all week. You can just add a little devotion and you can read one verse a day, you version will pop out a verse for you. And that verse can pop out and go, man, God's just working my life. You don't have to spend 15 hours of your life studying the Bible every single day, but you do have to get in front of God in his presence and his way. If you join a life group, I'm telling you, every one of these people leading life groups have a passion for God and for you. And there's no way you're gonna show up to that life group and not be impacted by the power and the presence of God. That's what happens when you show up around the people of God. I'm just telling you. Some of you guys, you hear this verse, it's Revelation 3. That your heart isn't where God wants it today. And it says this, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being, what's it say? Being what? Your reputation is being alive. You have a reputation of doing the right stuff, carrying the Bible, you got baptized, you look the part, you sing the part, you know all the verses to all the songs. You know who Hillsong is, Elevation, Bethel. You know every person who wrote these songs. You may hold an instrument, you may hold a microphone, you may serve in a kid's program, you may do whatever you wanna do on the outside, but on the inside, Jesus is looking and he says, but you are dead. We could fake it till we make it so long. For some of us, that's what we're doing. Some of us are going through the motions. And the scary thing is for some of you, that was your reputation. Like you were close to God and you were reading your Bible and you were leading people and you were caring for people, but you've drifted away and that's still your reputation. People know you that way, but that's not who you are in this season. What do you do if you recognize you've drifted? Like real quick, how do you, how do you get back? There's a verse I wanna share with you and this is really powerful. It's found in Revelation 2. So Jesus says about returning back to our first love, he said this in verse four, he said, you have forsaken the love you had at first. Man, there was a time you were close to Jesus. There's a time you were passionate about God. And he says, consider how far you've fallen. I mean, the first thing you wanna do if you wanna get back to God, if you drifted, is just consider how far you've fallen. Like where, where were you in your most passionate time with Jesus? Like what was life for you? Like what was your questions you were asking? What were your habits you had? Like how far has that needle moved? Like how long has it been? Like just think about that. Like which soil are you today? The thorns, the path, the rocks, the good soil. Now Jesus is asking us this. If you wanna to return to him, he gives us very clearly in the Bible. It says this last part of the verse says, repent and do the things you did at first. Repent and do the things you did at first. These are not the fun, these aren't the fun, this isn't the fun Bible verse, pastor. <laughs> Repent, what's repentance? It, the word re means to turn and pent means to go back to the highest. And so Jesus is saying, if you wanna come back to me, go back to the highest point where I was in your life. Where do you gotta pick back up at? Or maybe it was a youth camp. 
Maybe it was a message. Maybe it was a passion conference. Maybe there's a point in your life, maybe before the kids came. Come on, somebody. Maybe, maybe it was before your job changed and you were so busy. Maybe, maybe whatever it is, where was that point? And go back to the highest point in life. Can I just encourage you, the highest point that Jesus is in your life is when you're kneeled down at the foot of the cross. Like some of you, if you wanna get passionate about God, you gotta get in front of him, open your Bible, and just say, God, I'm not leaving until you bless me. I'm not leaving until you show me something. Like, I need a word from you today. I'm not gonna go anywhere, God. I'm desperate for you. Like, I've been doing this my own way, and I'm tired of my way, my own power, my own strength, my own ability, just doing the work of God. But today, no, 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 I wanna be the work of God. So God, I'm moving over closer to you. That's what God's calling you to repent and to run back to him. Get that spot. I don't know where it was for you, but there's probably a spot in your life that maybe you go back to. Second thing is this. It says, repent and do the thing you did at first. I mean, what did you do when you first became a Christian? Do you remember? Like, what were some habits you had? I don't know, you and I first became a Christian, like, I was on fire. Like, I told everybody about Jesus because I wasn't, I don't know, what the word is for that. I had some more faith, apparently. Like, I just didn't get educated. People didn't like it, I guess. When I first met Jesus, I had to tell everybody about Jesus. I started a club in high school because I want people to know Jesus. Where were you when you met Jesus? How passionate were you about God? Remember you opened the Bible and you picked out Leviticus and God spoke to you? Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? You could read anything, all of a sudden, God was like real to you. And then all of a sudden, we're like, ah, oh, I'm just too tired. Like, what was your life like when you were passionate about God? Remember, you used to show up to church and you were so on fire to do something. You didn't care what it was. You were signed for the kids program. Come on, somebody. Just get me in front of somebody. I got a message to share. You guys put a passion on my heart. You're ready to serve. Wiping butts for Jesus in the nursery. Come on. You're just ready. Some of you guys remember that? I'll tell you something, God doesn't want to know your face. He knows your face. He, wants to, he doesn't know what you feel. He wants to know your fears. He wants to know your faith. He wants to know you so intimately today. I believe God is standing at the edge of heaven waiting for you to move back to him. Matter of fact, there's a story in the Bible of the prodigal father who is staring out the window for his son who has drifted away to come back home and God is anxiously waiting for him to come back. And when his son comes back, he kills the cat and the fattened calf and he throws a party for his son because he came back home. And I believe today God is waiting for you to run back home because he wants to plant some seeds in your heart. They're gonna change your marriage. They're gonna change your business. They're gonna change the rest of your life and legacy generations ahead of you in your children's children's children because you decided to stop drifting from God, amen? Some of you are there today. Some of you are like, come on preacher, you're preaching to me. God's telling the soul of my heart today. Can I encourage you? And don't let your friends distract you from what God's called you to do. Don't sell out to a bad influence. Don't let the things around you stop you from following God. Get in his word. Don't neglect your time with him. Like get in with God. If you don't know where to start, I'll just tell you to start in 1 John. Just pick the Bible up. If you don't want a Bible version to read, I'll just tell you to read the one you have. Come on, somebody. Just open it up. I believe God's gonna do something. I would encourage you to get in a life group. Come on, if you're not a life group, I was looking at the numbers. Like there's a lot of you guys aren't in life groups. About half of you are in life groups, half of you aren't. Can I encourage you to get in a life group? I mean, you're missing the entire blessing of this church if you're not getting around the people of God. I mean, I know my preaching's phenomenal. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but the, the work happens with, with other people. And so I want to encourage you to get involved. Man, come to Crash Course. If you have not been to Crash Course, I mean, maybe you're new or you've been coming for a while, or you went to a couple of them. I mean, get in this. We're going to help show you some relationships that you need in your life. We're gonna help show you what it is to follow God and we're gonna get you connected to some other people in our church, give opportunities and just show you what we're all about. But we'd love to hear your story. It's really collaborative, really fun. And I can't wait to get involved with you. But man, jump in and give, give something back. Be a part of the story that God is doing and not in the church, but in your life. 
Like, don't miss what he's writing because God wants to do something. I'm telling you, there's a harvest that if your heart is right, when God plants that seed, it's divine harvest, a hundredfold. Can't not wait to see what God's gonna do in your life. Father, we thank you so much. God, thank you for this church. God, thank you for changing us, God, from being doers, God, to being just who we are, just sons and daughters of you. We don't have to earn your grace or your love or your mercy. God, you've given to us freely on the cross. And so today, I just pray for those that have drifted. I pray we run back to you, God, with passion in our step, that today we're the most passionate day with you we've ever had. And so today I wanna to pray for a group of people. If you say, you know what, I've drifted from God, but today I'm gonna to move closer to him. I know God hasn't moved. I can see my path. I know my highest point was, was with Jesus. And I'm just gonna slide on back over a little bit. I'm moving closer to God today. If that's you, we just raise your hand up with everybody, look, nobody looking around. Everybody looking around, that'd be fun too. Nobody looking around. Say, so, you know what, I've drifted, but I'm not drifting anymore. Come on, put those hands up if that's you. I've drifted, but I'm done drifting. Come on, see your guys' hands. I'll pray for you. Father God, I pray for every heart change, God, the good soil that this word is landing on. God, I pray that we would be marked by you, that at the end of this day, that people look at us differently because we've walked with you, that you are on our mind and in our heart and you have tilled the soil. God, do something only you can do. God, we're begging you. We are desperate for you. We're not leaving this moment until you speak to us, God. Give us clarity in our calling and our passion. God, define our purpose. God, give us strength to overcome any battle that we're facing. God, give a renewed spirit. God, give us your peace and all the fruits of the spirit. God, the joy and the long suffering. God, everything that comes from you, God, we want in our life today. Mark us, God, as Christians. Call us out above the crown. We don't want the crowd. We don't want the average life. God, we want the abundant life today. I wanna pray for one more group of people, and that's those of you that you have recognized you've drifted, but you recognize also that you've never really had a relationship with Jesus. There are those of you today that recognize I'm not where God wants me to be, but I don't think I've ever actually met Jesus. Like I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is a sinless son of God. Jesus came not so you could be good enough. He came to make you good. Jesus came to die on the cross for your sins 2,000 years ago, and he nailed everything you've done wrong on that cross and died for it and exchanged it for everything he did right. And the Bible says you don't have to do anything to earn it. It's a free gift of salvation that Jesus giving us this gift. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of Jesus will be saved, forgiven, and made new. And today the invitation is extended to every single one of us that we can open that free gift of salvation. And so today the Bible says whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you can open that gift today, if you want new life, new purpose, new direction, be a new creation that we talked about earlier, you can do that today by simply calling on Jesus. And if that's you today without anybody looking around, you just raise your hand and say, I want Jesus today. Maybe you're online, maybe you're in person. I want Jesus today. I want new life in Jesus. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. Say this, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Now, I've been doing this my own way. I don't know if I've drifted, but I don't think I've ever been where I should be. But today I recognize that Jesus died for me. God, I want that free gift of salvation. God, I want to be forgiven and made new and changed. God, give me a purpose and a calling. God, I surrender my life to you. God, do only work you can do. God, I want a divine harvest today. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it those who came to Christ today. Come on. Sean, thank you, brother. Hey, listen, if you have just given your life to Christ, we always say that it's not the end of something, but it's the beginning of a journey. And if you look at the verse that we read when we first started, you are a new creation in Christ. You are brand new. And we want to walk alongside you with that. It's the purpose of everything we do here is for that reason. So if that's you today, if that's you online, I would love for you to text RL next to 97000. Somebody's just going to reach out. We're going to walk alongside you, encourage you, and help you answer any questions you have or whatever it is that we can do for you. 
Um, another thing that we have for you is an actual physical gift that we want to give. There's a red bag back in the back as you leave. Take the bag. It's got a Bible and it. it's got some resources, just some things to help you along um, in your faith journey. And, and again, however we can be there for you. We're so excited for you. We want to do that. I want to tell you about two things. Uh, and they are going to, it's going to help your marriage out. It's going to help your life out. And you've got to get, a, got to get involved. And Sean was talking a little bit about it. But our life groups are incredible. I know my life group met on Thursday, and when they left my house, my wife and I were like, wow, God moved. It was incredible, and we got to do it with people that we know and people that we love, and we get to do this every week. And I want to share with you, there's a couple of groups I think might get overlooked that I think you need to hear about. Are you ready? Are you going to, he said, half of you are not involved in life groups. Are you serious? You've got to get involved in these life groups. So one is at the Jensen's house. You know, there's a lot of things in life that happen and we kind of get stuck on it. We obsess over things that are in our past or we get super anxious about things that are in our future. But what about today? When the day is a life group that's happening at the Jensen's house and it's incredible. I know that I need that. I can obsess over stuff in the past like crazy and analyze everything and then I get lost in it and I can't even move forward. And what a great group that you could be along people that's going to study that and get into that and help you break free and they'll break free with you. Incredible. Another one is Rose Taylor has started Mama Bear Apologetics. Listen, I've been in ministry for quite a while now. I've known Jesus for a long time. And when I came across apologetics, it's like an adrenaline shot to your faith. It's like rocket fuel because you're going to learn why you believe the things that you believe. What is this world talking about? What is the Bible talking about? Where is the truth? How do you defend the truth? How do you understand the truth? Apologetics is incredible. And she set something up that I think takes it on another level. So you can learn about it so that you can pour it into your children and build their faith foundation and how they're supposed to live their life and to get the truth into them. That's incredible. What an opportunity. You can't miss out on that. And it's on a Saturday, so you ain't even got to work that day. Maybe some of you do. But if not, there's a Zoom option. There's no excuses. And another one, Tammy Halford has currently, and I think I calculated this morning with Sean, she is on a streak of going to Planet Fitness. She is now at 9,342 straight days of going to Planet Fitness. <laughs> at least it seems like she's there every day, killing it. And she started a life group. So you can work out and talk about Jesus. And it may sound a little crazy, but if you think about it, if you like working out or you want to start working out, but you find it's hard because it's hard to commit and keep going. Well, she's been going and clearly she's not going to stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can get involved with her. And then when you add Jesus to the mix, you're like, man, I didn't know I could work out, sweat, get a little sore and then feel so good at the same time. That's just doing life together. And that's available to you. Sign up for that. Planet Fitness is cheap. Get in on that. You can't miss out on that. I got to share this one thing real quick. Somebody said, you know what? If I want to be wealthy and if somebody who's been wealthy would just write a book, I would read it and I would become wealthy myself. Well, listen, everybody who's gotten super rich has written a book exactly how they got rich. No one reads it. But we complain about it or we want it. It's a very similar thing here. We want to know more about Jesus. We want all the things that Sean was talking about today. We want our lives to be enriched and to grow in Christ, but we don't do anything about it. These groups are available. Get in it. The other thing is this crash course. Guys, this is an opportunity, two and a half hours on a Sunday, that will change your life. 
You understand what is the purpose of church and what are we doing here as a church? How am I wired? How am I gifted? And then you look around the room and there's all kinds of other people discovering the same things that you are. You're like, oh man, I'm not in this alone. You've got to take advantage of that. You ain't signed up yet. I'm telling you, you show up at Sean's house. He'll let you in the house. You just go. Incredible. And I'm going to tell you something else. I'm telling you, this sounds a little weird and sounds a little crazy, but it's absolutely true. When you give money to church, your life changes. I got a story for you. I put my boo thing and my kids in the car. We went to Branson for the weekend. That's my wife. She's my boo thing. And I, we went to Branson for the weekend. I said, let's go out to eat. I don't care what it costs. Let's go out. Let's just have fun. And I should have chosen seafood, but I didn't. Instead, we end up at this place on the landing. You know Guy Fieri, uh, Fietti, the celebrity chef? He opened a restaurant. I said, that'll be a good time. Man, I went down to that restaurant, and it's cool. It's decorated all cool. You know what the bill was for that? I spent $143. And I looked at my wife. I said, what do you think? She goes, oh. Asked my daughter, what do you think? She was like, yeah. My son, he's like, I ain't eating that. My other daughter, she said, that's the best thing I've ever tasted in my life. I said, one out of five ain't bad. $143, though. But if I give $143 to church, and I watch how that money changes people's lives for an eternity, man, I just, it's an overwhelming feeling. What a gift it is for me to give. It's a blessing for me. It's not like the church saying, look, we need your money. No, we need you to grow and experience God's grace and hope in every area of your life, including finances. That's for you. So we set up three different ways to give. One is reallifechurchkc.com. Another is text any amount to 84321 if you like texting or you want to go a little bit old school like your boy Barry. There's a box in the back. You just drop money in the envelope and we'll take care of it. Easy. And you'll grow tremendously. What a gift. I think we got yet another big movie budget video for you to watch. Fill up your life with drugs and booze. Keep coming back when they call. And in the end, you'll lose all that matters to you. Five easy steps to make an additive. Incredible. God, we love you. We are so glad you came today. Listen, quick tip out of Sean's preaching. One, I've learned if you want to live a long, happy life, never call a woman crazy. The other thing is, I don't care if you put toilet paper over or under, but if you just replace it when it's empty, I will be thrilled. That's for you. Also, if you want prayer or need prayer, please come down to the front. There'll be somebody who would love to pray for you and walk this out for you. Get online, check out the life groups, sign up. We love you guys. And remember, are you ready? I'm going to say whoever discovers Jesus, and then you're going to say discovers real life and purpose. Are you ready? Whoever discovers Jesus, whoever real life and purpose. Yes! God. Oh.